Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to College Football Tailgate. Today is Monday, September 13th, 2021. I'm your host, Will Chambers. With me as always, professional better Tyler Walgy. Hello, mate. Producer Smitty. What's up, fellas? And uh, we're back, boys. It's Hello, week three. William. We're in week three of college football. Now, let me tell you, I'm feeling good today, and here's why. It's not because of all my bets I made last week. Mm-hmm. It's not because, uh, you know, I, I slept really well last night. It's because on the way over here, I stopped by Wendy's, and I got a junior bacon <laughs> cheeseburger, and it was perfect. It was like the perfect little snack. Like, they had the, the tomato and the lettuce was perfect, and it just put me in a great mood. So our, I'm feeling great. Our, our recent fast food talk has got me eating more fast food than I've had in 10 years. It's re- it was a really bad episode for our waistlines, that's it, for sure. Honestly, it was. It got, me, it got me craving it. I've been to Good Times three times in the last two weeks. Yeah. Allie and I went uh, a couple days ago. I went. I mean, it's bad. One of the one of the ladies in the drive-through was Australian, and I had a real tough time understanding what she said. She said huh. number fifteen, and somehow That's it sounded eight? like ten. So I kept saying, "No, no, that was the number fifteen, <laughs> right? The the five piece chicken nuggets." Said, yeah, yeah, ten now. And I'm like, "No, no, no, the the 15? She's like, "Yeah, ten. So I'm just like, "Okay, let's just roll the dice." And you got it right, of course. Yeah, I was being, you know. Yeah. No, I appreciate it. Is that is that? Uh, what do you uh, think the percentage is? Uh, yeah, I mean, it sounded a lot more British than it did Australian. Yeah, it was more, more Cockney accent. Yeah, but yeah. however, they're they're all descendants from British, so from the Brits, Kinda got you it. know, criminal yeah. colony. Well, uh, we're all descendants. What so. percentage of fast food workers in America do you think are Australian? It's got to be a very <laughs> it's low It's such number. a small percent. It caught me off guard. Yeah. Yeah. But you're right. We have all been eating fast food, and I feel like... We're going to have to do a playoff four of healthy snacks to get us us back on track. Exactly. I do want to say this, though. This is not a political show. I don't want to make this a minimum wage type of thing. Oh, boy. No, no. Allie and I were watching the the workers at the fast food place, and especially at like a Chick-fil-A or an In-N-Out where you're just nonstop going, especially during the lunch hour. They're working their butts off. It's like, holy cow, they don't stop. That's true. I look at them and how busy they get. It's like, you know. Some, wow. You know what? That's that's definitely true. And I also have experiences where like they look like they couldn't give two <laughs> shits yeah, and exactly. they hate me just for being there. And they're like, yeah, exactly. how dare you fucking come to where I work and ask me to do my job? And again, I know people it's a mix. Are, are yelling about the wage thing because it's like, you know, the whole idea about the wage is, is there's skills that you need for certain jobs. And, you know, obviously that's the whole thing. But on the surface, it's like, damn. Those guys and gals are working their boot butts off. No, so. you know what? I think that we should just go full Clay Travis and just make this no longer about cultural ball and we just make our podcast political. <laughs> you know? That's what I like about him the most. Uh, just just making our listeners yeah. dumber I, one episode it, at a time. His is so <laughs> funny. I got to say, and this is once again, I, I, I don't care what your politics are, but it is so annoying to me that his like... When he tweets something out about his show, it's like top twenty-five rankings, then COVID news, <laughs> and then back to a coach being fired. Right. It's just like, what is going on? No, is this college football it's or not? Sort of like his brand. Are you yeah. a Clay Travis guy? Do you like him? I don't. I don't dislike him or like him. I don't know. I, you know, I, I guess I'm just right down the middle for for what what he's got. And the, I, you know, I just hate how Fox puts him and cousin Sal on a sports betting show, and people are supposed to take them seriously with their picks. Mm. Like Todd Furman's on that show. Yeah, real good sports better. I love what he has to say, but yeah, but then again, cousin I, Sal. If a guy's name is Cousin Sal, he's you know the guy's been betting since he was like seven years old. So if with a name like that, you got to know he knows a little something. I guess. Uh, What I can't stand about Fox is that they 
they just continually try to make R.J. Young a thing. And I don't think anyone even knew who R.J. Young was like a year ago. Mm-hmm. And now he's like their focal point for college football. And I'm always just like, who is this fucking yeah, well, guy? I, I have no idea who he is. When you said R.J. Young, I'm sitting here going, oh, yeah, yeah, R.J. Young. Go follow Fox uh, Sports College Football. Everything is like R.J. Young's top 10 list. And I'm like, who <laughs> is this fucking guy? I have no idea who R.J. Young is. It's so. like when Field Yates got hired at ESPN. Exactly. Shout Field out R.J. Young. Yeah. Um all right, so it's week three, boys. Week yes, two. Week three. Week two was nuts. We're going to talk about week two. We got a good <laughs> show. We're going to do week three best bets. We've got uh, Tyler. We've got a blind resume game coming up. Love it. Uh, we're going to you know d- debate a little bit, talk about some teams we think can win the college football championship. But I feel like we need to lead out, uh, lead off with Clay Helton just got fired today. Wow, Clay, Southern California. They the fired Clayster. Clay Helton, the Clayster, Clay the Master. Yeah, I mean, look. You, you get your ass kicked by a really bad Stanford team, and I think this is what happens. I mean, USC always has a, a you know t- more talent than pretty much everyone they're playing, and this dude has done nothing with it. And I'm sure he'd be a good coach at maybe another school where the expectations aren't so high. Right. But if you're going to be the head coach at USC and just continually... I mean, they have like almost no uh, competition in recruiting at all, and they can't do anything with it. And I mean... You know, they, they lose to Stanford and that's it. He's gone. But it's not like he's losing to this great competition. Like, it's one thing, and I always stood up for these SEC coaches like Les Miles and even right. Gus Malzahn, who won a lot of games and just lost to Alabama, Georgia, and really good teams. That's not what Clay Helton did. He was supposed to win this game. He he lost a lot as a favorite. So I think that's the, that's the issue is... They have expectations at USC, sometimes realistic, sometimes not. But he couldn't even live up to a, a medium bar. Yeah. And as a fan of the the Buffs who play in the Pac-12 South, I want him to stay there forever. I was right. Like, hey, you keep Clay Helton as long as you can. For sure. So I think that they're gonna hopefully get a. You know, this is a really interesting time in college football with all the landscape changing. This is a really important time to be good and have a good product on the field. Yeah. Uh, Mike Bone, their athletic director, is aggressive. I think they're gonna do their due diligence in hiring a, a, a coach in the offseason. They've already said they've got their guy for the year, so they're going to wait till the coaching carousel comes Is that going to be Graham Harrell, the offensive coordinator? Is he taking over? I think, you know, I, I don't know exactly. I can't remember who it was. Let me look. Okay. Um, maybe one of you guys can find that, but either way, they said they found a guy who they think has a, quote, higher probability to get USC success this season. But uh, yes, yeah. Dante Williams will serve as the interim head coach. William joined the Southern Cal staff in 2020 as the cornerbacks coach and defensive pass game coordinator and was elevated to associate head coach after last season. So maybe, I mean, who knows? Maybe just the players respect this guy more. He's got command of the locker room better. Yeah, it's usually something like that yeah. behind the scenes that we don't have a good pulse because it's always weird. Like, wait, the cornerbacks coach, you know? Right. Yeah. Be usually interim guys uh, tend to be. Um, Special teams coordinators. Because, right. Because they have so much to or do with, it's with Coach everything. O. Coach O is like the greatest interim head coach of all time. He won a bunch <laughs> of games right? at Southern Cal after, uh, I think it was, who got, who? oh, it was after Lane Kiffin got fired. He won okay. a bunch of games. Then he did it at LSU after uh, Les Miles got fired. And so, I, you know, I feel like if you're Coach O, you should just find a way to become a permanent interim head coach. You just stay at the ready, and when a, a, a high-profile team fires their coach, you just go, I got this. He's I, just a reliever? Yes. I think what also could be happening, and this does happen sometimes, is if the staff at USC really likes this coach and thinks he's an up-and-comer and and doesn't want him going anywhere, this is a nice way to kind of appease him, be like, hey, you're our guy. We're going to put you in charge here. So hopefully, you know... That's how Clay Hilton Another got Another coach doesn't snag him on the offseason. Yeah. Clay yeah. Hilton was the same thing. Yeah. He was the interim guy after Sark, I believe. And uh, and now, 
you know, then the players seem to like him, but, but he I still do think anything there's a it. higher chance of them hiring a big name in the offseason. I agree. And maybe promoting this guy to co-defensive coordinator or something like that, but just, again, appeasing him in the, in the, yeah. in the time being. That's just speculation. That's just what I think could be going on. But it is interesting because... USC is the kind of school who can get a big-time coach. I think they should do that, and it could shake things up on the West Coast of college football. All right, my top three just right now, guys to look out for. Oh, I haven't thought about this. James Franklin, because there's always rumors that he wants to leave Penn State and that he's waiting for the job at Southern Cal to open up. So that's one. He's not going to leave midseason, but I could see him leaving at the end of the season. That's always a name that's thrown in there. Um, the other one is Urban Meyer. Obviously, uh, we'll get. I have an, I have an Urban Meyer update coming up later. But if things don't go well in the NFL, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see him go there. And then the last one, Lane Kiffin. He did it once before. He left Tennessee to take the Southern Cal job. That's Why right. wouldn't he leave another SEC school to take the Southern Cal job now that he's a better coach? Was it Lane Kiffin that got fired on the tarmac? Yes, I don't that was from the Raiders, though. I think. Oh, okay. oh no, 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 it was Southern Cal. Yeah, I thought it was USC. Yeah. You don't want to go back to a place that treated you like that. I mean, that's... I guess. That would leave a bad taste. That was always home. I mean, I, you're probably right. I don't think you will leave Ole Miss, no, no, but no. he did that's it once, though. so you never know. I don't have my top three, but uh, okay. I like those. Those are just like right off the top of the dome right there. Well, see? Will's a lot smarter. Or like who's an up-and-comer that like, uh, you know, like maybe... maybe. Uh, but see, everything I think, even like Luke Fickle, now that Cincinnati got in the Big 12, I think he's exactly. going to want to stay at, uh, at, uh, at the Big 12. Yeah, no doubt. Um, <clears throat> Let's see. Top of my mind... Big 12 coach. I mean, everywhere one I think of is comfortable where they are. Oh, how about this? How about this? You've mentioned this guy as a coaching candidate in the past, and I always kind of scoffed, and now he's in high school, and apparently he's doing very well. Trent Dilfer, the Dilf. Uh, that's a good the one. The Dilf, yeah, he'd get hired. I, I, I think that's serious. I think he could do really good things in college. I don't know about that, though. In terms of current coaches, what about the Leechster had none over? Mike oh, Leach. God. I mean, I would love it because they wouldn't be good. I, would love I don't it. think it would work. <laughs> I mean, they literally have his offense right now, and it's not working. Well, he's the mastermind. Graham, Graham Harrell is, that's like trying is to, Mike Leach. That's, yeah. like, that's like trying to beat a master in his own game. That's like trying to beat Ryan in Pong. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> is that Smitty's game? Beep. Or how about just beating Beep. beating him in a throwing competition like we couldn't? Or Frogger. <laughs> you guys didn't hear about the new Frogger game? Uh-uh. They're, they're doing like a live Frogger. Oh, I thought you were about to set us up for like a dad joke. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you hear about that new Frogger no, game? No, no. It's like a real thing. They're, it's like a TV show. Uh, Kyle Brandt from the NFL Network's hosting oh, it. Oh, okay. And uh, it's where people try and cross a road like Frogger. For, the, for all the... Do they actually get run over? Listening, go look at what Frogger <laughs> is. Be sweet if they actually got ran over. Like that's the it's, real. It's you can foam, win a million dollars. You might die too. It's foam cars. Oh, I mean, what yeah. are we talking about here? What's, I wonder what's how much the risk? A, I wonder how much a Pong console goes for these days. Pong, like a, the classic Pong? Yes. Probably not that much. You don't think? I, don't I bet know. it's expensive. Go look it up on eBay. Um, mm. Okay, so we're we're gonna get back to some college football news, but we need to recap week two. And here's my main thesis of what we learned in week two. We don't know anything except for Alabama is the best. <laughs> exactly. We don't know a fucking thing. We we said Tower and I like looked at each other last week and said we won't overreact to week one, and then we just did across the board. Ohio State falls Completely to Oregon. Overreacted. Yep. Yeah, a hundred percent. But here's the thing: is I was writing down in my notes this week. What's so funny about week three is just that it, so much of our preseason handicapping and ideas of who these teams are. That's still lingering around because yep. we haven't learned that much about these teams. Even right. a team like Indiana, who got routed week one, well, now that Iowa has dominated two pretty good teams two weeks in a row, 
that may have been more about the Hawkeyes than it was about Indiana. So right. we really don't know much right now. And again, the work that we put in in the offseason is now, it's funny, week one, week two, it, it comes through. But now still week three, week four, when other opinions are starting to shape and up and, and yep. affect the lines, that kind of stuff comes into play now. So it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, week one, uh, Oregon looked bad against Fresno. They like needed every minute to win. And then they go into Columbus, uh, one of the toughest environments to win against a good Ohio State team, and they get a lead early, and they never give it up. I think the main takeaway, and, and I know we're going to go through a, a couple other games, but these teams are all so close. Even yeah. in Oregon and Ohio State, I think the perception was Ohio State is with Georgia and maybe Clemson this year, who knows, maybe OU, on this elite second tier right. just below Alabama. And I think that it's certainly Alabama number one, but I think you've got a lot of teams. I mean, for Oregon to, and I know, but on the road and all that nonsense, yeah, that was a huge win, and that was huge not a fluke. Win. It no. wasn't a last-second field goal. Right, they dominate a lot of that game. So I think there's a lot of teams here in the middle of this of, of this pack, no doubt, who are kind of right there in the, in the same. Yeah, area. I mean, like you said, a huge win for Oregon. That's like that's got to be the biggest program win in a long time. Uh, maybe since you know Chip Kelly was there, yeah. or Mark Helfrich got them to you know a playoff against Ohio State. And so, I mean, look, Ohio State's got some problems on defense. Uh, Kerry Coombs needs to be the defensive back coach, not the defensive coordinator. Everyone loved him. He was a great defensive back coach. He coached a lot of corners and safeties. Now he steps in as the DC, and every Ohio State fan I know right now is like, "This guy's got to go back to DB, and we got to get a better defensive coordinator." Potentially, I mean, don't you do you think that's an overreaction? Where was anyone talking about this last week? I mean, they they got ran on by Minnesota as well. But I think at that point you were like, okay, it's week one, tough road environment. You give them a pass. You know what? That's week one against Minnesota. That's true. They didn't look great that week. They either. didn't look all that good against the run. I'm and just, then Oregon does it all game long. Uh, their their defensive line, the, you know, the great defensive ends that Ohio State has every year, didn't get a pass rush all game long. They never got to. Uh, Anthony uh, Brown. Yeah, thank you, Anthony Brown. Str- you know, look, C.J. Stroud played well. I think their offense was fine. I just think they're going to have to score 45 in every big game to win at this point because their defense has some problems. And I, I'm not saying, you know, sound the alarm. They're now not the best team in the Big Ten. I think they still are. But they just didn't. They Their defense has problems. And I just think that this was a bigger thing where, like Tyler said, you know, Oregon looked bad, and uh, I, frankly, no one in college football really respects the Pac-12. No, no, and not at all. It doesn't and mean that you should it. respect it top to bottom, but right now, the way Oregon is playing, the way UCLA, UCLA is playing, yeah. there's some good teams in the Pac-12 right now, and you know, any team can be beat right now. It'd be one thing if Oregon won this game at home, but I really, I really feel like for them to go week two at Columbus. That's just a massive win for them. It was. I mean, I, I don't love everyone attacking these coordinators and the coaches and. and I've just read it everywhere from my own team with the buffs. It's like the 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 flavor of the week is play calling. Yeah. Play calling, play calling, play calling. I'll criticize a lot of things about a coaching staff, but play calling is generally not one of them unless it's so overwhelmingly obvious that things are going terrible. So I that could be the case. Maybe it is the defensive coordinator's fault. Maybe there's other stuff going on I don't know about. Right. I don't want to just jump to this conclusion because I don't know enough, honestly, about, you know, like, it's so funny because we all, you know, we work for this company. We talk about football, and, and clearly we, you know, your record last couple of years betting it. I'm a professional better. We know a lot about it. But in terms of the actual on-field stuff, if I heard a play before they ran it, I wouldn't know what it was going to be. And I mean, team to team, some of these players do right. anyway. But there's a lot of things going on. So it's like to call out the D coordinator and be like, okay, 
this is the problem. Like everything else is fine. This is the issue. It just seems so focused in 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 maybe everyone's right. You know, maybe there's something to it, but it just seems like we're getting down this path of overreacting and this is Ohio State. I mean, I think they're a few tweaks away from being a great defense. So yeah. I don't want to overreact with this. I think everything's gonna be okay. And if there's one team who can turn things around, I think that Ryan Day can do that. So yeah, no doubt. Look, it, 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 you're right. If he if the defense fixes things and the rest of the way, it's not a problem. Then it's not all Coombs' fault. It just to me, this kind of screams like a guy who had honestly a big name as a defensive back coach. Maybe he's saying, "I'm tired of being a position coach. I finally want that recognition. You need to make me DC, or I'm leaving." And right. they do it. And maybe the, I don't know. Maybe he's in over his head. Maybe he's not. You know, time will tell with that. But either way, the defense doesn't look good right now. Looking at some of these player grades, it looks like their rush defense was clearly where they where they struggled in, yeah. in Ohio State. And you know, again, if if they just shore up a couple things here or there, Oregon also. And I didn't get to watch a ton of this game. I was getting ready to go to the CU game. Yeah. I, I did. I was getting brunch during it, so it was on at the restaurant I was at. So you know, you know me too. I'm just watching it pretty much, being rude, but. Uh, <laughs> But, you know, it looked like Oregon had found something. And, and game by game, there's, you know, little tiny schematic things that coaching staff's fine, and they just exploit it and get wins. And so right. every week's going to be a different story. Ohio State's going to do some self-scouting and learn what they did wrong. I think the Buckeyes are going to be okay. Yeah, you're probably right. Uh, speaking of betting, so the bet board is now 4-2. Tyler got the win with Iowa, Iowa State. Nothing would make Tyler happier than picking against me with uh, uh, Iowa State and getting the win on the bet board. So we're now 4-2. Matt Campbell, uh, I can't believe he lost a game. <laughs> Look, Insane. Kirk Ferentz owns Matt Campbell. That's basically a fact at this point. He hasn't lost to Matt Campbell yet. Can, can I say, though, part of my whole thing about Matt Campbell was was just bleeding through my TV screen this weekend. Do you watch uh, college football? Uh, uh, what's it called? The morning show. The uh College game day. Game day. Thank you. Do you watch game day? I you I usually do. I didn't this weekend. Okay, so I was I, a little busy. I had it on in the background. I was doing a few things, but it was I was kind of listening to it. I swear to God, every twenty seven, Matt Campbell, Matt Campbell, Matt right. Campbell, Matt Campbell, Matt Campbell. I know they were in Ames, but oh my God! Yeah, I mean that's the is, focal point. That's the whole talking point, yeah, right? But I get it. That's how it happens. But give me one story. Give me two stories. Give me half the show, Matt Campbell. Right. They just wouldn't stop talking about the guy, and they're yeah. doing all these previews and everything. It's just like. That's exactly why, right. you know. So again, I don't hate Matt Campbell. I think he's a good coach. I think Iowa State's still, you know, a, real, a really good team this year, but uh, a little overrated. Look, I think now Iowa State's right where they should be. They're better off when they're not like the the top ten ranked team with all the hype. Now they have a loss. I mean, look, they lose twenty seven seventeen. Iowa State collapsed and gave that away in the third quarter so bad. They they should be Iowa State should be happy they only lost by ten yeah. points. They had a fumble uh, fumble on their own like five yard line that got returned for a touchdown, followed by a pick six, and then another interception on three straight drives in the third quarter. Wow. Yeah, that ten point defeat it it makes it look even a lot closer than it actually was. Yeah, I, for the sure. Hawkeyes dominated that game. Yeah, and look, I mean, look, I I just feel like Iowa State's better heading into the Big 12 play with a loss on their record. You know, we know that Matt Campbell <laughs> does better when, when they're bad in September and then they get things going. I still wouldn't be surprised at this point if we see them run the table in the Big 12 and beat an Oklahoma or beat a Texas and end up in the Big 12 championship game because this is what he's done the last three years at, at, at Iowa State is they lose these games early they're not supposed to 
and then they go and they run the table in the Big 12. Maybe they're not that good. I don't know. We'll mm. see. I love how you put the positive spin on it. I've exhausted every all my resources <laughs> for this. I'm not even going to fight it. It's just like, you know what? Let's go. I, I mean, I'm just, that's just how they've been, but whatever. <laughs> um, Texas is not back. Texas is not back. Most definitely nope. not back. Whoops. They're not back to the Whoops. tune of 41-20 Arkansas. <laughs> oh, my Tower God. Tower and I make that our best bet, and boy, we get cleaned out. Layla, also 0 for 2. Yeah, Layla's 0 for 2. Here's the thing is a lot of our handicap came down to Arkansas's defense against Texas's offense because we assumed that Longhorn defense would be able to control Arkansas and not let them dictate the game, or at least the game pace. Right. And Arkansas did whatever they wanted to, ran all over the field. I mean, it was not just the players. It was the coaching staff. And Arkansas was more prepared. They came out and executed you know, their game plan much better, which was clearly superior. Yeah. And one thing that kind of rubbed me the wrong way is Sarkeesian comes out after the game and just rips the freshman quarterback. Right. Just picked a new starter today, by the didn't way. Didn't yeah. have a terrible game, okay? He had an okay game, but you picked a freshman. You knew you are going on the road week two to an SEC hostile environment in right. prime time. That was your decision, Sark. It's not like no one else... It's not like he was surprised. Oh, wait a minute. He's a freshman? He's not... He knew what he had. He had him going in. So... I'm okay with yanking him. I'm okay with putting this guy in. Even naming a new starter, that's fine. But don't come out to the press after the game and put the entire thing right, on this right. kid's shoulders. It really rubbed me the wrong way. I love Sarkeesian. I think he's a great coach, but you can't be doing that. And it just... it That's not how, how, how elite coaches act or talk. And it's just like... Maybe I was a little oversold on Sark. I don't want to overreact, but that really kind of pissed me off. Yeah, I mean, look, we, we overreacted week one, and now we don't want to overreact the other way. I think Arkansas is a really good team, and you're right. Casey Thompson's going to be the new quarterback for Texas. We'll see how that goes. He's the junior. Wouldn't be surprised at this point to see Hudson Card transfer. That happens a lot. He's the freshman. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And so, you know, look, Texas Ooh, never... I got, I got a headline. Yeah. Hudson plays his transfer card. Hello. <laughs> That's not bad. Nice. That's not bad. That's not bad. Yeah, Look, they uh, Texas never should have been ranked fifteenth <laughs> in the first place. They got hyped up just from a win off Louisiana. They shouldn't have been ranked fifteenth. And by the way, Arkansas is a good team, a tough team. I really like Sam Pittman. That stadium was going nuts. It looked awesome. Like actually watching that game, I was like, I want to go see a game in Arkansas. Looked fun. But now they jumped to twenty. And everyone's going to point and laugh when they drop a game and end up unranked like, you know, like they did something wrong, like they did something that they're not supposed to. And I feel like these, you know, I'm going to talk about it. I have a thing coming up here about the rankings being dumb, but <laughs> these rankings overreact even more than we do week to week. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah, exactly. I did. I saw, like you mentioned, it's like Arkansas rises, however many, 35, 37 yeah. spots. It's like up to 20, 37 <laughs> spots. They were off right. 37 spots. This yeah. is a joke. And then this they'll is... lose to Alabama and people will be like, they suck. And it's, it's like, well, okay, that will is why we have our own ranking system, why right. I have my own numbers. It's because we don't overreact. I upgraded Arkansas, I downgraded Texas, but 37 spots, good God, that's, yep. that's crazy. Yep. Uh, Oklahoma scored 76, Western Carolina did not. Texas A&M, <laughs> Texas A&M got altitude. Boys, heartbreaking loss for the Buffs. There was a Very sorry. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, I mean, look, know. we don't have to dwell on it. But the altitude got them, and I think that the there's, a, got him. there's a chance that some Texas players maybe bought some weed from some weed shops. That, I'm just going <laughs> to throw that out there, too. I, d I wish I would have been more vocal about this before because I really believe Texas A&M is overrated this year. I understand they've gotten a lot of mm. good recruiting classes. That That's their whole hype. Everyone, including Phil Steele, who I respect, is saying... 
they're national title contenders because of these the amazing recruiting, recruiting classes. They're all young. They're all freshman, sophomore. Yeah. And as the year goes on, they'll get better. But I think A&M, to put them in the same category as these Alabamas, Georgias, OUs, is crazy to me. Yeah. So, not, well, not crazy. Let's not be able to top. But I think they're in the in the tier below them. Right. So that, to me, was a little bit CU's better than we thought, a little bit A&M's worse than we thought, but I think everyone's way hyped on A&M. Yeah, well, and Haynes King got hurt, I believe, on the first possession. That first or had. second drive, yeah. Yeah, first or second drive. And, you know, the kid that came in for him, I, I can't remember his name. It's like uh, Cal, Caldana, Cal, Caldaz or something yes. like that. Um, anyway, you could tell he was – it took him probably about a half for him to kind of settle, settle in. in. Yeah. And, um, yeah, he was just, you know, missing throws left and right. and and um, But, yeah, so you played good on defense and, uh, you know, just couldn't pull it out. Yeah, uh, that's the tough. The A&M uh, fans filled up about half the stadium. Makes good, sense. Good fan base. Yeah. Everyone who I met was respectful. Yeah, and, really nice. And uh, it was a good experience. You, you don't always get that with fan bases, but A&M was uh, – Yeah, was, for it was sure. Good. It was pleasant. CU defense. Play great, and yeah, I th- Haynes King just got announced. Jimbo uh, Jimbo Fisher said he cracked a bone in his lower leg. I don't know what that means. Ooh. He's going to be out for a while, so Texas A&M is going to have to deal with Cal Daza or Caldara, whatever his name is, cracked a bone uh, for a few more weeks at least. I had some uh, chicken wings yesterday. I was yeah, cracking some chicken wing bones, cracking some bones. Mm-hmm. You're cracking bones. I like I it. Notre Dame almost got beat by Toledo, and no one saw oh. because it, the game was on Peacock, Headline? so no one even saw. <laughs> Headline? Yeah. Holy Toledo! <laughs> that, that, that I like. That's low to that low yeah. hanging fruit, you know, bro. That would actually be good if they're playing like a religious school too. Holy Toledo, right? All right, sorry. Yeah, well, no, that's yeah. a good point. I mean, well, Notre Dame, you got touchdown Dame, Jesus. Yeah. That's that's ah, a religious school right okay. there. Yeah. So boom. they almost get beat, thirty-two twenty-nine. <laughs> oh, they do win. Good. Uh, <laughs> and then we got Stanford beat Southern Cal. We talked about that. I feel dumb forever picking them to win the South. Uh, I feel stupid. I'm dumb, and that's my public uh, humiliation here. Call me stupid for picking them to win the South, please. Week, week one, it was Washington with Walgie. He's out Dude. of it. Now it's, now it's so as long I as UCLA so... doesn't doesn't blow it, I picked I, I'm Oregon. So, I'm still the, oh yeah, I did right, pick Oregon. Oregon. Will's got the lead horse in the race. Will took the like the middle horse in the yes. pack, and he's just whooping everyone and right credit now. Credit to Smitty. He picked UCLA to I win did. the South. I only picked him as my dark horse. So mm. credit all the credit in the world to Ryan Smitty. Ryan had him as the light horse. One thing I, <laughs> I watched in the USC game, the kicker got ejected for targeting on the first play. The kicker, <laughs> the kicker tackled the guy after he kicked it. And by the way, this was not some like ferocious, you know, we don't have to spend a ton of time talking about targeting because we all agree that the rule was fucked up and needs to be changed. But this was a kicker level tackle. He barely even touched the guy. It was like what I would do if I was tackling a guy <laughs> in college football. And yeah, he led with his head a little bit, but the guy like didn't even feel it. And they threw the kicker out for targeting. I, on I the heard first a really play. good recommendation from Joel Klatt this weekend. Yeah. They need to have two levels of targeting. Yep. One yes. that's a 15 yard penalty and one that's also an ejection. Or like refs already can eject people if they feel like the play was egregious on a late hit. Like just do that. Let the refs look and say, right. okay, that's bad. Let's eject. Him. It's uh, a stupid fucking rule. I will never forget. Quick story time. Story yeah. time with Uncle Tyler. Story time. When I was a kid at a football game, I went with my dad, and uh, we were sitting by some family who, you know, whatever. They was loud, and uh, it, it's a football game. You're allowed to be loud. But anyway, some player got tossed, right? Well, I don't think he was targeting back then. It was a while ago. But anyway, so this guy... He's yelling. He got ejaculated from the game. <laughs> <laughs> he got ej- 
<laughs> he keeps yelling. You got to check. But you didn't even know what that meant, did you? I had no idea. I, I learned <laughs> later on, you know, and the story was retold to me. But how funny is that? Hey, man. Because my dad, you guys know my dad. Oh, who, yeah. But yeah, he uh, he loved telling that story. Of and course. he would tell it all <laughs> I'm sure the Tom time. was loving that oh, moment. Tom loved that moment. So, so I learned it, obviously, growing up because he told it so often. Yeah. But yeah, he you got, got ejaculated. ejaculated from the game. <laughs> You move fast enough, it might be that way. Uh, BYU wins at home. Their first win against Utah since 2009, 29-17. Shout out Kalani Satake, getting that big rivalry win. He's holy rolling. Holy rolling. Miami barely beats App State, but they saved a cat, so they get a pass. (laughs) Did you see the cat? Dude. Okay, I so so these cats get into these stadiums. Yeah, where, the, where do these cats go let from? Let me tell you. So from somebody who works with animals, uh-huh. the last thing I'm doing is grabbing that goddamn no cat. No shit. It mauled the guy <laughs> that know. tried to lift it up and be the hero. You, it started ripping its arms yeah, up. Even like the cats get on, get in these baseball stadiums and you know, yeah. you got security running around. Like if the police officers there aren't grabbing it, you probably yeah. shouldn't either. All right, so yeah. Tyler, so this cat. Yeah, this let cat, me know what happened. This cat was like up on the railing of the second level at the Miami game, right? And people had been like just watching him walk along. And then he like climbed down and he was on the bottom now and he's hanging by a wire. He's dangling. People under him, you know, it was uh, uh, the game was taking <laughs> oh place. God. The yeah. game was taking place on September 11th. So you had people there with American flags, right? So people gather under like firemen grabbing the blanket to catch the, the cat falling out of the tree. <laughs> and the cat is like dangling by one claw on this wire and everyone is freaking out watching it. The cat falls. They save the cat. It lands on a couple of flags, right? And then this kid like hoists it up like fucking Simba in The Lion King. <laughs> And, and it just tears him Yeah, the cat just starts ripping his arms oh, up. No. And there were like 40 angles of these things that went viral on, on social media. So even though you, know, uh, you barely hysterical. beat App State Miami, you get a pass because you saved a cat. So. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I had it was no quite idea. a fall, too. It was like a 40-foot fall. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was pretty... Big tumble. I'm going to have to watch that. Uh, Jack, have, have you guys ever seen the video of the man who defends his wife from a bobcat? Uh, okay, so I'll, I'll show I you guys maybe so. after the show, but or you know I don't think we should watch it now, obviously. But yeah, so if you're listening, wa- type in just "man defends wife from bobcat." Oh boy, it is. Is it the one where they're in the driveway hysterical. of the car or in the driveway? Yeah, yeah in the yeah, driveway. I have seen that. It's so funny because this guy's demeanor and it all happens in like <laughs> like three minutes. But this guy is just Mister Happy. I think it happens in Canada. The happiest guy in the world. He goes. He's saying hi to his neighbor. Good morning, neighbor. Like like a like Ned Flanders, <laughs> yeah. right? And he's got like his hotly. Yeah, he's got like his coffee. <laughs> and within the next two and a half minutes, a bobcat attacks his wife, who's holding a, a kitten in a. That's in a, right, in, in like a, a little carrier. In a carrier, or like going to the vet. And so it turns out from this guy going, "Hey, hey, do a neighbor to the bobcat's attacking the wife." <laughs> <laughs> and he goes in, and I guess he shoots the bobcat. Oh my God. The bobcat nice. had rabies though. Gotta oh, stay strapped. So I, that's like it ended up being like good because it's fucking rabid. Yeah. But isn't that crazy? It, so this is hysterical. Man defend wife, defends wife from, uh, from Bobcat. Yeah. It's so <laughs> Give funny. Give it a goo. Yeah. Listen Give to it. it watch it. Uh, Jacksonville State beat Florida State on a last play on the so Hail Mary. Crazy. Horrible, horrible loss for Florida State. By the way, horrible play. They weren't even in like a prevent defense. Yeah. They said that because Jacksonville State had a timeout in like nine seconds, they thought they were going to try to get closer for like a field goal or something. So it wasn't a prevent D. Jacksonville State throws it long, but not like uh, traditional Hail Marys go to the end zone, right? They actually threw it short of the end zone, so the receiver was actually like get yeah. in front of the corners and then sneak around, but it was pathetic. You had like Knowles defenders that were like jogging up to, to the but play as it was still going also on. Also, the cornerback could have tackled it. I mean, look. Yeah. 
if you think it's going to be a penalty, great point. Tackle him. Great it doesn't matter. Point. Like yes. bring him down. They don't call that. No, no. Uh, on Hail Marys, they never call You've that. You've got to bring him down. And worst case scenario, if they happen to call it, at least you're not letting him go on the twenty yard line. Right. It looked like he he tried to knock the ball out or do something, and then he just kind of didn't touch him. Yeah. Like like like, hey, ref, uh, hands off, as if. He was out of was bounds, bad. or he thought yeah. his teammate was going to tackle him. It was so bizarre. Yeah. It seemed like it was an easy tackle. But who's, yeah. the, who's the coach in, at FSU? Uh, Mike Norvell. And they just had a big show against is, Notre Dame. Is it, uh, is it his first year? What? Second year. Second. Last year was his first, but it, they don't really count it because they didn't even get like a preseason. He only got like two fall practices because okay. of COVID. But, so. how, how, but, how long before you think uh, Coach Prime's down in FSU? Oh, that's a great question. Because he, where is he? Jacksonville State. No, he's not at Jackson State. No, Jackson State. Yeah. yeah, Jacksonville State won this. That, I mean, if he if he does well at Jackson State, maybe. Yeah. But I honestly think Mike Norvell will do a good job there. I think that what happened yeah, is they, they had a, good against the Irish. Exactly. So. They had a good game against Notre Dame, and I think that then it's easy to fall asleep when it's like Jacksonville State's coming to town. See, you know, but that's the difference. We need to distinguish between teams who looked better the next week or looked worse because right. there's a lot of teams who got let down and yep. we're going to talk about this handicapping some of these games coming up but that's a that's a real thing if you lose a huge game where you could have won a big opponent you may have a let down the next week that's different than playing bad and then looking good right yeah so it's a different approach if you if you play bad and then look good that's a good sign that you're getting better that's positive right it's you know going well, the other direction that's not necessarily a bad sign it all goes back to what I said is like we don't know anything we thought Notre Dame exactly. was really good and and Florida State looked good because they almost beat them. Then Notre Dame almost loses to Toledo. Right. So we just don't know. Outside of Alabama is really fucking good and the best team in the country. We just don't know anything. And so that's the way it goes. But uh, my last note here from uh, week two, NC State and Mississippi State can both eat shit. NC State, <laughs> NC State killed one of my parlays. Mississippi State, I swear to God, every time I bet on them, they don't cover. Every time I bet against them, they cover. I got this exact text Saturday night. I just can't do it. I can't fucking do it. So they're just both on my dead them. list. I'll never bet on NC State again. And NC, uh, Mississippi State uh, has already screwed me ba- dating back to last You're year. You're going to so. run out of teams to bet with. I know, <laughs> I know. Mississippi State looked pretty good, though. They did. They actually mm-hmm. looked very good. And look, NC State... Wasn't going to win the game anyway, but early on, they had a like a third and goal from the fucking eight-yard line, right? So it's obvious they're throwing. No one runs from third and goal from the eight. And they ran the Tim Tebow jump pass play where the quarterback <laughs> looks oh like he's going to do a draw and ran a fake, and it got intercepted because obviously it was the worst fucking play call I've ever seen, yeah. and I was pulling my hair out because it was ruining my parlay. Uh, plus, Tim Tebow wasn't doing it. If it was Tim, he would have completed Thank it. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Shout out Tim Tebow. Um, all right, some college football news. Big 12 officially adding Cincinnati, Central Florida, Houston, and BYU. Love it. We talked about it already, but good thing for the Big 12. Good thing for those teams. Uh, we'll see how fast that happens. Yeah. Then I want to do this whole top 25 ra- rankings are dumb. Um, look, Texas went to 15 for no reason other than Texas' back hype. They lose. Arkansas goes up to 20. Texas is unranked again. Iowa beats Iowa State, and they're five now? Do we really think they're the fifth best team in the country? I don't know. Look, they're really good, but they launch up to number five. Florida is 11. They got two underwhelming wins against very bad teams. Notre Dame is number 12, the exact same. Auburn is 22. They've hung 125 points the last two weeks against god-awful teams. We don't even know what they are yet. We'll find out this week against Penn State. USC, Texas, and Utah all fall from the top 25. 
Meanwhile, Michigan moves up to 25, and I don't know if Michigan would beat any of those teams right there. No, it, it's like like you said, it's dumb. There's really nothing yeah. that there's no logic that, go, that goes into it. It's just so random. I mean, it's not random, obviously, but there's no logic behind it. Yeah, and. As a better, this gives us value because yep. some people see those ratings and For make sure. a bet based on those ratings. Yep, that's uh, a so, good point. So, Actually, we uh, can take advantage of that. Yeah, definitely. But it's it. You're right. It's so dumb. Yeah, like it's just. I mean, I almost wonder because it's so absurd. Sometimes I'm like, are they just trolling us? Like trying to force content out there, trying right. to force shows like this to, to talk about that kind of stuff. Could I be. Mean, it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, my last little note here: Urban Meyer update. He helped Trevor Lawrence get his first ever loss in his football career. Trevor Lawrence, undefeated in high school, undefeated in college. Urban Meyer, first ever loss. And guess what? It's to Houston, <laughs> like one of the worst one of the worst teams in the NFL that doesn't even have Deshaun Watson, and they get their asses kicked by Houston. Urban Meyer is going to start having health problems real soon, and uh, I, he's just not going to last. So there's our Urban Meyer update. And it'll be in L.A. <sighs> Will yeah. is, Will's waiting for that one. I Every week, wait. the Urban Meyer update. <laughs> I love it. I yeah. love it. I'm going to keep betting against him, too. Yeah. All right, Tyler, blind resume? Blind resume game. Let's get into it. All right, so you guys know how the... Should we do some game show music for this? Sure. A little, sure. little game show music. Keep this thing classy. All right, so you guys know the, the rules for the game, right? I think so. Okay, so I mean, give us a quick the, rundown. So, so the blind resume rules go like this: I give you guys two different resumes, and you choose who you would oh, pick, who you would want to be, who you would want to. Yeah, so that's it. Gotcha. So I'm going to give you. So we have Are these teams, coaches, players. What are we? All of them. All. Of so them. we have what, four categories. I think. Let's see. Okay, we have. All right, we got yeah, coaches, quarterbacks, and teams. Okay. So where do you want to start? Who do you want to start with? Mm, start me with uh, wait, it's coaches, quarterbacks. Yes. Give me start with quarterbacks. Will's cheating. Will no, looked. I can't even <laughs> see, see what's on your screen. Tower just like <laughs> like as if like uh, I was about to steal the last dollar out of his hand. Just like turn his computer screen. I up. don't want to ruin this. Like Ryan's he's got here. nuclear codes. <laughs> <on there. laughs> oh God, I know. I can be all right. I'm going to be protective with my information yeah. over here. Quarterbacks. Start with quarterbacks. We're going quarterbacks. All right. Who would you rather have? Quarterback one. And I tried to line the stats up so they were kind of congru- congruent. Is this current? Uh, yeah, yes. Okay. Everyone's current. Cool. So I didn't do like, all right, this is hit one guy's completion percentage, and then the next guy I'll talk about like interceptions. It's the same stats. So quarterback one. He's And you guys should jot this down because there's going to be stats and stuff like that too. Okay. Okay. All right, so quarterback one has played in a total of 17 games. Yep. 60.7 completion percentage. Okay. 27 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Hmm. 138.7 quarterback rating. And 7.6 yards per attempt. Okay. Okay? Yep. All right, quarterback two. Also, has played in 17 career games. 62.8 completion percentage. I'm sorry, repeat that. 62.8 completion percentage. 25 touchdowns, 14 picks. 25 and 14. A quarterback rating of 138.2 and 7.6 yards per attempt. Which quarterback do you want? A lot of stats there. I'll try and speed it up with the stats next time. Uh, I'm taking quarterback number one. He's got less INTs. 
All right, Ryan. I'll go two. Ryan's taking JT Daniels, quarterback number two. Will is taking Michael Penix Jr., quarterback number one. Mm. All right, let's get on to our next set of quarterbacks. Okay. So do we want to write this down or whatever? Here, I'll yell, jot it. Ryan picks JT. Will picks Michael Penix. All right. Quarterback two has played in 26 games, 59.5 completion percentage, 33 touchdowns, 13 picks, and has 14 rushing touchdowns. Ooh. His team in his best year was 9-4, and four, and he has had his team as high as number 7. All right, next quarterback has played in 27 games. Did I say quarterback 1's played in 26 games? Yes. All right, cool. Quarterback 2 has played in 27 games. One more. 59.9 completion percentage. 44 touchdowns, 21 interceptions, and 7 rushing touchdowns. His team, his best year, was 4-5, and five, and he's had his team as high as number 13. Hmm. Who do you want? Quarterback 1 or quarterback 2? His best year was 4-5, and five and he got to 13. Yeah. Um, How's that making sense? I mean, I'm going to take... I'm going to take... Number one. I'm going number one it was, again. It was a tough decision for you. Yes, though. it was. Ryan, who are you going? Uh, I'm going number one as well. Number one is Bo Nix. Oh, no. I don't want him anymore. Yes. Give me number two. Will fell into the trap. The quarterback number two is Dorian Thompson-Robinson. Isn't oh, that interesting? Wow. Isn't that something, everybody? That is something, Bo everybody. Bo Nix, you take the name away, take the jersey away. Not so fast, my friend. Nah, I've seen him play. But here, here's the thing about DTR <laughs> is he's had his team as high as 13. That's this year. Yeah. So that's the okay. highest. Oh, that makes sense. sense. Yeah, so four and five before this. All right. Next, we are on to coaches. Okay? Which coach do you want? Coach number one. And I got a couple grizzly vets here. Okay. I, went, I went with the vets, not the new guys. Yeah, I went yeah. old school. All right, one. He's been coaching for 20 years. He's had three losing seasons. In 13 of his 20 seasons, his team was ranked at one point during the year. He's got four Conference Coach of the Year awards. His best team was number two at one point. Overall record, 145 and 97. Okay. Coach number two has been coaching for 23 years. And he's had five losing seasons. In 15 of 23 seasons, his team was ranked at one point during the year. 15 of 23. Four, same number of Conference Coach of the Year awards. Four Conference Coach of the Year awards. His best team was number three at one point. Overall record, 182 and 20... uh, Excuse me, 182 and 127. Hmm. Which coach do you want? Uh... Coach one or coach two, Will? You're on I a hot feel seat. like once again you're trying to trap me into into picking someone no that traps I, you know here. I don't like. <laughs> no traps. I'm here. gonna go with no traps. No whammy. No whammy. No whammy. <laughs> I'm going with game, coach number one, but I think I have a guess okay. for which one of these which one of these guys might be. Ryan, who are you one. going? Uh, I'm gonna go with one as well. Both going one. Wait, can I guess? Yeah. One of these guys. In fact, I think it might be the first one is uh, Gary Patterson. No. Damn it. The coach you both selected 
Mike Leach. Ah, oh, damn it! You I should have known it. I, you know what? Mike Leach. I created a list of guesses <laughs> for guys that I thought you might make me yeah, pick, and Leach yeah. was on there. I didn't even fucking look at it. Uh, Leach. Who was number two? Kirk Ferentz. So uh, you both chose Kirk. Mike Leach over Kirk Ferentz. Oh, over Kirk Ferentz. Even uh, <laughs> I, I don't like it. Tyler. I know, but how about that? Mike Leach. He's been coaching for twenty years. Three mm-hmm. losing. How many seasons. conference championships? All right, let's get on to <laughs> our teams. This was the last category, by the way. Kay. This is it. This is the finale. All right, team one. Brand new coach this year. All time, which is 120 seasons. All time record, 873, 369, and 32. And 32. 32 ties. All right, quite a record. Suspect. Finished, ranked 49 times. I should phrase that. Finished ranked 49 times. 30 conference championships and four national titles. Okay. But going back to 2010, 79 and 61. Since 2010? I think I know which team this is. Since 2010, 79 and 61. Oh, no, I don't. Zero national championship appearances, appearances since 2010. Okay. Team number two. Brand new coach as well. All-time record, which is 119 seasons, 758, 440, and 43. They've finished ranked 40 times. They've got eight conference championships and two national titles. But going back to 2010, 94 and 50, and since 2010, Two national championship appearances and one win. So, which team do you want to be? Team Can one I take a guess or team two? After you guys guess, after you after guys, we and before I won't tell you, I'll let you guess. But yeah, okay. pick, pick who you'd want first. Team one or team two? Um, I'm gonna go team one. All, All right, right. I'm, a, I'm going team one as well. But I think I have a guess for both. Yeah, of these so, teams. so guess who you guys think they are. Uh, oh wait, shit! No, because they don't have a new coach. All right, Damn so it. go, Smitty. <laughs> team Team One, I'm gonna go um, is Texas. Correct. Oh. And is Team Two um, Auburn? Absolutely yeah. right. Auburn was my guess for for Got Team it. Two. Ding, 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 ding. Very nicely go, done, nice Smitty. Job. I'd rather yeah. take Texas than Auburn. Anyway, so there we so go. That is that. the blind resume game. Nice Love job, it, guys. Love nice it. Job. That was great. Okay. Yeah. Well, blind resume. Uh, Tyler, a little update on uh, teams who can win the title. I've got four teams. Mm, okay. What do I've, you got? I've got eight. You have eight that can win the title? <laughs> I have eight teams. Interesting. And le- let's classify this again. These are teams who can legitimately win the national championship. And mm. and this is so tough this year because Alabama looks so far and ahead of everyone else in the league. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That, they really do. Okay, so we have to shift the discussion. The discussion can't be which team has a shot to beat Alabama because the list is legit is legitimately like three. Probably like two or three teams. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that's a whole nother okay. conversation. All right. The conversation I want to have is Pretty much if you take Alabama out of the picture, okay? <laughs> so if Alabama happens to get all their linemen hurt, their coach hurt, their quarter, or their coach out, quarterback okay. hurt, Saban ends up, you know, missing time for some reason. Okay. Because we can't have the discussion who can be Bama because right now, right. no one. I think Bama would be a touchdown favorite over Georgia. Yeah. Okay, so we can't have that talk. So yes. if you take Bama, okay. take kinda, Bama out, you kind of have to take That's them out of the equation. That's how good you are, Bama okay? fans. Exactly. So respect. This, this pool of teams, so I guess without Bama, I have seven. Okay. Okay, because Bama has to be in there. Okay. But, 
All right, so just stop me where you think I'm wrong because you have fewer teams than I do. Georgia, Oklahoma, Oregon, Iowa, Clemson. Okay, so Iowa you disagree with. Yes. I think based on what we've seen so far, Iowa has played the toughest schedule in the country. They've been very good. Their strength of schedule so far is number one. Yeah. And they've won. They've dominated these games. It's not like not it's been close. Offense. No defensively, you don't. Have, right. Who says you have they to win with score. offense? Who says you have it's to college football for the last four years? Maybe. That's what I would maybe say. Maybe you're right, but they're beating good teams doing this. They're beating Iowa no State. Doubt. They're beating Il, uh, uh, Indiana. Very good. I think we're going to see. So I think I think that Iowa and I just gave the Kirk Ferentz example. I don't know. I don't love the way they play. I don't think that right now they could beat. Georgia, but I think by the end of the season, they're so good right now. They brought so much talent back. I have Iowa on that list. Okay. Plus, Will's a Midwest hater. Will doesn't no like way. corn. Love the Midwest. Will, Will hates corn. <laughs> I'm a Michigan fan. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, Clemson, Ohio State, and Notre Dame. I know you're not going to like the Notre Dame one, but yeah. I think Jack Cohn and these transfers. The whole question with Notre Dame has been, how do the transfers fit into Brian Kelly's system. Right. And I think it's been seamless so far. It's early. We don't know that much. But Jack Cohn looks really good. He looks comfortable. That's what you need. And that's the opposite of, of Iowa, right? You, like you said, Iowa maybe doesn't have the firepower to keep up. They don't have the the, the, the scoring. Yeah. And that may be true. They've got a lot of turnover so far. But a team like Notre Dame, who's built that way, and I think they can have explosive games, I think it was very promising if you're a Notre Dame fan, seeing Jack Cohn week one, week two, I think there's good things coming for Notre Dame this year. I like that his finger got dislocated and he just had a coach pull it out and go right back okay. in. Oh, I, Brian, I love it. Love it. Brian Kelly's Tough the one guy. who did that. Brian Kelly. Wait, Brian Kelly was the one that yanked yeah, it? Yanked it. I'm going, why, oh. is the, why isn't the trainer doing that? Well, I mean, he just Don't they a guy. have a medical wait staff a minute, guy? Wait, wait, wait. Was this a pull my finger joke? Oh. Do you think he farted on Brian Kelly? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we always keep it classy. Classic hygiene. Right. No, I don't know. I mean, I, but I, I figure, it, what if they misdiagnosed it and it was broken or something? I and mean, you're yanking Brian on his Kelly, broken yeah, finger. That'd be funny. What if he What if he executed his plan? I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Oh, yeah. Is your list done? Because I'll give you mine. Yeah, my list okay. is done. Outside that was a of aggressive. Outside, I mean, oh, no, I, did, I wanted to make sure I wasn't cutting you off. Uh, outside up, of Tyler. Alabama, I've got Georgia, Oklahoma, Oregon, Ohio State still. I think if they figure shit out, they can. UCLA and Clemson. And There's UCLA. So yeah. wait a minute. You're shitting on my Iowa pick. They don't You're have an offense. UCLA Look at how many points the offense has scored the last two games. They, they, they've gotten uh, defensive touchdowns in both games. I'm not saying they're not mm-hmm. good. They're. I think they could win. I think they probably will win the Big Ten West. And I think Ohio State will destroy them because they won't be able to score to, to stay in the game. I haven't done a deep dive on Iowa. Maybe you're right. Maybe uh, it's a terrible a, offense. No, I think they're a really good... T- I mean, look, I think they're a top 15 team, no doubt. I like watching Iowa play. They're a fun team to watch. Great stadium. Kinnick is a tough place to play. Hmm. I, I'm really not a Kirk Ferentz hater or an Iowa hater at all, but, well, but no, they don't have the offense. It how you see it. I, I, I respect that. I they think the audience score. does too. And look, I, I, like I said, I haven't done a deep dive. Take, look, take seven right points now, off of both of their their uh, two games already, and that's how many points they've scored legitimately. So Paige... because they had a they had a fumble recovery for a touchdown against Wait, Iowa State. Had, uh, how many no, no, no. I, I'm not looking touchdowns. Uh, I don't know, but all oh. I know is that you have to take seven off whatever the score was. They might have even had two defensive scores against Indiana. They had a pick six for sure. Yeah. So I mean, they're one of the honestly, their pass blocking has been, and I'm looking at Pro Football Focus College Edition, which is really good ratings, and they take into account who you've played, everything like that. So it's not like, well, they play good teams. It's going to, they take all that into account. One of the worst pass-blocking teams in the country. That's what I'm saying. They're not the number five team in the country where they're Below average run blocking. And I like them. It's not a shitting on Iowa thing. It's just like, 
Like, if you're an Iowa fan and you think you have the fifth best team in the country mm-hmm. right now, you're in for like a, a real surprise throughout the year because you're going to get beat by somebody and bad. And uh, it looks like here defensively, I mean, they are doing well. But look, that's kind of the recipe for the Big Ten. Maybe they're focusing on conference, but yeah, that's something that I hadn't done a deep dive on. You have, I mean, I'm glad you brought that up, and I'm Dude, glad that no, look, I'm glad that that that's something I'm going to be paying attention to now going forward. And potentially we will have value. Do, is Iowa on our breakdown list this, this week? No, they're not. Okay, but maybe going forward, we could potentially have that because everyone, and maybe I fell for it. You know, uh, everyone's going to be saying that. Iowa, Iowa, right. Iowa, because they've looked good doing it too. They're passing the eye test, and that's not always what you want to bet on. So I agree with you. I'm right okay, there. Fair enough. Before we get into the best bets, we got to talk about BetUS. Guys, if you want to support the show, go to BetUS.com. They're a sports book. They're legitimate. These guys, the cash outs are legitimate. They have 125% deposit bonus right now. We've kind of explained this in past, show, past shows, but if you don't know, that 125%, so if you deposit 100 bucks, you're going to get an extra 100 bucks matched on top for sports betting, and then that 25% goes to the casino, which means you can play craps, you can play slots, you can play uh, roulette, whatever with that $25, but it doesn't go into your sports betting account. But they still match that other 100%. So you got extra stuff to work with there. You can make some bets. If you want to support the show, that's the best way to do it. Use promo code TAILGATE. There's also a, a link on Twitter that we'll tweet out that you can follow on there in order to do it. And look, if you're in one of those states where you can't bet with DraftKings or FanDuel or one of you know the other online sports books, then this is the best way to do it. If you're in Texas, if you're in... Uh, what Florida? I, I think that there's, there's South Carolina. There's only Idaho. like like twelve yeah. states where it's legalized right now. Yeah. If you're in the rest of those states, you should be using BetUS. If you want to support the show, that's how you do it. Use promo code Tailgate. And the really cool thing I love about BetUS is we I signed up, you know, through the show uh, promo code because why wouldn't you? It's a good deal. Right. But also, BetUS is really cool because other sports books out there they do the deposit bonus, they'll match it or whatever, give you a risk free bet, and then that's gone. Right. BetUS. Bet they're giving you bonuses all the time. There's yeah. there's bonuses for existing customers, so it's not a one time thing. It's a good book. It's they're reliable, trustable, or uh, they're reliable, trusted, and uh, I'd give them a try for sure. And speaking of best bets, let's get best into it. We got bets. week three's breakdowns coming up. Yes, we uh, do. Starting off, so can, before we get into best bets, yeah. I'm so sorry to cut that off right there. No, it's all I right. have what I think is going to be an unpopular opinion, and I was going to get it in earlier in the show when we were talking about fast food. Okay, but I forgot. It's in my notes right oh, here. Okay, so. Um, I was, again, I've been eating a lot of fast food lately. And by the way, what the hell is with the, the fast food lines at In-N-Out and Chick-fil-A? In-N-Out and Chick-fil-A, people are willing to wait 30 minutes. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Let me, let me at least, uh, with In-N-Out, it's because there's only two here in Colorado that are brand new, so they're still like the so new factor. So they're pricing in the... They, no, I think that it's just... They're wedging the market, People so have been it's, waiting it's for so long, and at Chick-fil-A, the reason why they wait is because it's delicious. That's just a fact. <laughs> I don't know. That's why you wait in line. And at Chick-fil-A, the line moves fast. It may, they're, they're hauling ass it there. It may wait fast, but I just look at the last... When I see like 30 cars, I'm like, okay, what was the last car thinking? Because he had to see 29 cars ahead of him and go, yep, <laughs> Guys I'm thinking I'm I want chicken line. nuggets, dude. I mean, I guess so. Wait a minute, so. that's not was, evidence, evidence that it's legit that all these people want it? <laughs> Come on, and man. The market know, knows you, best. You know what is funny? is right across the street was an Arby's and it was empty. Ah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Science. Uh, but I do have a breakthrough discovery. Okay. I've never, ever been a Coke or Pepsi guy, okay? But I tried a Coca-Cola this past week. Terrible. <laughs> I think it was one of the worst. This is a breakthrough discovery. <laughs> yes, I think it's one of the worst. Drinks. Well, wait, did you get a bad? Did you get a bad syrup bag? You know how sometimes mm. if they need to recycle the bag, it tastes right. like shit. I don't think so because I gave it to my girlfriend. She said it tasted normal. 
So what? So do you, what what's your soda of choice then? It's, Dr Pepper. I I like Dr Pepper. I Dr. like Mountain Dew. I like I like anything. But you don't like Coke, Coke. or Pepsi. No, no. Interesting. It, it tasted so weird. I was like, "What is this? It's this. It's a really weird taste. I don't think it's 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 it's. This is an unpopular opinion. Good at all. It, it's like the most popular drink in the world. Well, one of them isn't like, it? Uh, usually Maybe, yeah. for fat Americans. Usually you're on one side or the other. Shout mm. out my girlfriend. She's a Pepsi person. I find it disgusting. Yeah, okay. and like I won't ever stop making fun. So of Maybe her I need for to it. try a, 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 a Coca Cola. <laughs> but see, I like Coke out of a can the best. I think Coke out. Uh, Maybe a I'll Coke have to try it. I'm telling you, so, yeah. I expected something else, but try, it was weird. Try a can and have a Coke and a smile, Tyler. Have a, have have a Coke, Coke and a smile. Share one with a friend. When I was planning on talking about this on the show, I was like, I need. Or us Coke. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, Coke is even though one of our hosts just shat. I bet you, you got a bad bag. That's just what I think. Yeah. Uh, I know mm-hmm. Allie tested it. I, and I respect her opinion, mm-hmm. but I think maybe you got a bad bag. Just I'll saying. give it a try sometime, some okay. other time. I'm gonna bring you a Coke and a can next time. Maybe we should do the Pepsi <laughs> challenge next week. Okay. Because I think I can beat the Pepsi challenge. I know which one is good and which one is bad. I, I so wanna... next week we should do the Pepsi challenge on air. Okay. Okay. I'd rather get into extreme ironing, but that's just me. No, we're not going to do that. <laughs> okay. okay. All, right. All right. Sorry, Will. Best bet. That's okay. Uh, we're starting off Friday night, Central Florida at Louisville. Right now, the Golden Knights are six and a half point favorites on the road. Scott Satterfield is about to have a new job. Things are bad at Louisville right now. They got gashed by Ole Miss in week one. They're really bad. They give up a ton of explosive plays. And if that, that's what you want to hear if you're Gus Malzahn, if you're the head coach of, of UCF right now. You know, Louisville, they're giving up 6.2 yards per play this year. That's really bad. I know that the Louisville offense is supposed to be really good, but Malik Cunningham, he doesn't have the help around him. He did last year with Tutu Atwell and Javion Hawkins. This is a recipe for disaster, in my opinion. Louisville's a team that I wanted to root for. I thought Scott Satterfield was a really good coach, but over the last couple of years, I've just I've lost confidence in them entirely, and I think that UCF is one of the better teams in the country right now. I keep talking about how... Gus Malzahn is in like the dream job position. He's wearing uh, Hawaiian shirts and winning games. <laughs> I love it. I think it's great. And so, Tyler, talk me out of UCF. Talk me out of taking UCF here. I'm not going to talk you out of taking UCF. I think they've looked really good. And, and as you said, Gus Malzahn's turned them around specifically defense stopping the run. That's one thing they're going to have to do when they go to the uh, Big 12. Because really what's funny is for sure. This offseason, when I was looking at the Big 12, they run so efficiently. Everyone talks about the passing in the Big 12. Anyway, different discussion for a different day. UCF's going to be able to do that. They have turned things around. They were, last season, a 70.9 run defense. This year, 92.3 grade, which is a top five defense overall stopping the run. They've completely shifted that. And on the other end, Louisville's a team who wants to establish the run. That's what they want to do. They're not a team who's going to air it out. So what I think happens in this game, I think UCF gets off to a lead. They don't let Louisville do anything to get comfortable. And they can run the ball, run the clock, and I think escape with the lead. So I think eight points. Is it eight? Six and a half. It says eight where I have it. That's what? amazing. I'll take six. No, this is a bad number. It's from oh, okay. a couple of days ago. Gotcha. I love six and a it half. It was seven and a half like yet last night. So No, it's obviously coming down, it, it which I eight. don't love fading those early moves, Right, but I will this time. Six and a half, I love that number. I think UCF, again, has the advantage on defense, stopping the run. Malik Cunningham, too. I never love predicting turnovers. It's too random for me to predict, but he's throwing the ball 
sporadically this year. For sure. There's a great uh, great stat that I have called the uh, turnover-worthy percentage, 3.9%, which is way too high if really? you're going to be competing against defenses like UCF. And I, like I said, they can stop the run, but they're, they're, they're complete. So I think everything here points to a UCF win. Will, you told me to talk you out of it. I, I can't do it. I got UCF. Yeah, I think they're just going to score as many as they want. And if they don't turn the ball over, they're going to score 45 or 50, and I just can't see uh, Louisville hanging on with that. So I also like the under in this game. Because What's of the total UC- right now? Uh, it's around 67, 68. 68. Um, I think that, again, UCF has success running. I think they dictate the clock. I think that Louisville has trouble scoring as well. So I think everything here kind of points to an under. And uh, yeah, I, I like that as well. Okay, we're both on the Knights, minus six and a half. Saturday games, we're starting off with Michigan State at Miami. Right now, Michigan State, six and a half point underdog. I placed a parlay bet. Uh, two weeks ago, or, or excuse me, a week ago, it was it was for week three games right after week one, and this game was included. And at the time, you could get Michigan State as a fifteen and a half point underdog, right? Miami was a fifteen and a half point favorite. Then Miami struggles versus Zap State. Obviously, they got their asses kicked by Alabama. And Michigan State looking better and better right now. This line has moved a ton. Michigan State only six and a half point favorite. Miami is falling. Miami is the guy who is running, and he starts to fall over. But he thinks, like, if I can just get a few more steps, maybe I can lift my head up. <laughs> and all that happens is you keep going down slower and slower and running further and further until you crash. That's Miami. I mean, they're, they're Wiley Coyote running over a cliff, and they haven't looked down yet. Um, they're, they're in trouble right now. Bama beat them up. Fine. Whatever. That's not a big deal. Bama's going to do that to everyone. App State almost beats you. Okay, fine. App State tends to do that. They're really good in, like, an upset scenario. But this Michigan State team is scary right now if you're Miami. They're flying under the radar entirely. Sparty's running the ball like Sparty used to under Mike D'Antonio. They put up 326 on the ground against Northwestern in week one. That's a team that knows how to stop the run. Kenneth Walker, the third, the running back, he's a tank. He had like four touchdowns in that game. You know, look, this just doesn't – I don't like this for Miami. Bama, of course, was able to run the ball down Miami's throat to be expected. But App State had a little bit of success on the ground too. Not nearly as high of an average – yard per carry is Alabama, but they ran the ball 38 times for 153 yards. That to me signals that coaches know that if we just continue to run the ball, we can keep Miami's offense off the field. They're susceptible. This is this is a, a major trap game for Miami. Yeah, I think it is as well. And Michigan State currently has looked really good in every metric, and yep. I think that they're behind right now where they should be in the ratings. You mentioned some teams overrated. I think Michigan State looks good. And unfortunately, it pains me to say that because... I know. We both hate it. Mel Tuck is... Oh, yeah, yeah. So I often forget that Will is like a... Michigan fan, so I fucking hate it. They (laughs) beat Michigan Michigan last year. Yeah, exactly. But uh, I don't have a whole lot on this game. I think Michigan State is a little underrated. I certainly lean them. It's tough to take Miami right now. Like we've seen, though, teams have bounced back this year. And it's been unexpected. So Miami has the talent to do so. They certainly have the offense to put points up. I don't love taking what seems like the obvious pick here. One team's look great. One team struggled. It seems like the team who's look great should be the pick. So I cautiously lean towards Michigan State, but they look good so far. Yeah, I'm feeling the same way. I don't love that the number is six and a half. I'd love to see them get back to seven, get within that touchdown number. But I just think they're going to run the ball all day, win the time of possession battle, limit the amount of snaps that Derek King and the Miami offense get. Um, I think Michigan State can cover this, and don't be surprised if they go to Miami and win this game. I think that Mel Tucker knows this is a big, you know, possibly program-defining moment. Good for recruiting. They're dangerous. I think Sparty's dangerous, and they're going to show it in Miami. 
moving on, Virginia Tech at West Virginia. West Virginia currently a three-point favorite at home. They blew out Long Island last week. Long Island is Long Island, so I'm going to take more from the Maryland game week one than from that. But you look at that game against Maryland week one. Maryland, they got off to a hot start. They scored 17 the first quarter and then only 13 the rest of the game. West Virginia's defense is very good. They had one of the toughest defenses last year. I worry, Tyler, about Virginia Tech's ability to score a lot of points unless they do it early. I think we could see West Virginia make adjustments, learn how to shut down that Virginia Tech offense. So to me, I think that if Virginia Tech is going to win this game, they got to score some points early. Uh, West Virginia's quarterbacks. Did you say who you like that game? I've been get my dog got into a freaking thing back there. I haven't. I, I haven't really leaned one way or the other so far. Okay. All I'm saying is that. It, I think that West Virginia is going to have a really good defense. Okay. Sorry, for those who don't know, I, I, Will's done a great job. I've been distracting and walking back and forth. My dog just got into like a beanie baby back there. <laughs> oh, no. I'm just like, oh, God, I know. It's those are valuable. Is. I know, right? <laughs> but anyway, so um, West Virginia this year, um, you know, they've, they've played three quarterbacks so far. Right. And they've all been sporadic. As a matter of fact, after last game, Neil Brown said in his press conference, quote, we had the two first drives scripted for him, talking about his quarterback. Now, I don't know that he did it the way we wanted him to, there's probably a few things he didn't do well, but he's always full throttle. Is that like the worst backing of your quarterback? You <laughs> yeah, it's not like, <laughs> no, it, it's awful. And look, that's not what you want to hear. After a sputtering offensively against Maryland, they didn't. We didn't learn much last uh, much last week against Long Island. So Long Island, yeah, exactly. West Virginia. If you look offensive line, especially run blocking. They they aren't looking good at all so far. I mean, yeah. across the board, they're grading very poorly. As a matter of fact, if you group all of the top linemen together in this game, five of the six top linemen play for Virginia Tech. So West Virginia, their best lineman, Doug Nestor, he only plays 55% of high-leverage snaps this year. So what that means to me is not only are they really below average on O-line, but they're not deep at all. And they're having to rotate guys who shouldn't be playing. Their best lineman isn't playing all the time during the, the highest, you know, most important moments. Um, you could easily make the case that Virginia Tech's strength is stopping the rush. They've got great, great interior linemen. So West Virginia is going to have to rely on dropping back and passing the football, something they don't mind doing. We, we've all gotten accustomed to seeing West Virginia throw. But Neil Brown has stressed that they want to be balanced. As a matter of fact, this year, 76 rushes, 72 passes. So when they have to drop back, I think Virginia Tech is going to be able to get pressure. By the way, two games this year, Virginia Tech has nine sacks. Yeah, that's a lot. They generate a lot of pressure. So I don't see a whole lot of ways for West Virginia to get comfortable this game. Now, Virginia Tech is going to want to run the ball, control the clock. So far, they're opposite of, of West Virginia. 47 pass attempts, 82 rush attempts. This is their bread and butter. So I don't think the West Virginia simply has the guys to stop the rush, win the battle on the line. And like the offensive line, all the great linemen, you pull them together, they all play for Virginia Tech. They're just a better team in the trenches. So I think Vodtech can control the game, win the battle at the line, control West Virginia in the offense. So I like uh, Virginia Tech this game. I do too. The thing that worries me is that this feels a little bit like a rat line. I feel like Virginia Tech, they beat North Carolina. They look really good week two. You know, they should be, uh, I, I think they're a team that the public is going to be picking here in this game. And for them to be plus three on the road, that you know, don't forget too, these teams were rivals back when West Virginia was in the, uh, the Big East or the ACC or whatever, you know, whatever that used to be. These teams used to play very often. Obviously, Virginia Tech isn't that far from, uh, you know, Blacksburg and Morgantown are not that far away. They're regional rivals. And 
Virginia Tech last year, very volatile. They were very up and down. They'd play really good for a couple weeks. They'd lose a bad one against someone. So it scares me. Like I don't have confidence to pick West Virginia to cover this game. I think it's probably low scoring. If I'm going to pick, I'm going to pick Virginia Tech plus three, but it does freak me out a little bit as possibly being a bit of a rat line. Yeah, I mean, look, that's... I get where you're coming from. Like, it should be more. Yeah. But I don't know. West Virginia isn't as horrible, I think, as a lot of people think. Yeah, you're right. Big game last week, and we'll see how the money goes. I mean, it's not... I don't think it's worth looking where the money split on Monday night when we record. Yeah. But it'll be interesting. Maybe throughout the week we can tweet something, or I don't know, but... Um, we'll watch that through the week and see where the money goes. Maybe you're right, maybe not, but I like uh, West Virginia. Or excuse me, I like Virginia Tech. I want to be clear about that. Plus three. Uh, moving on, Nebraska at Oklahoma. This game in Norman, and the Sooners are 22-point favorites. Oklahoma. I don't have a bunch of stats here, Tyler. If you do, that's great. OU is going to win this game by a billion points. Uh, <laughs> OU's, uh, you're going to kill them. Nebraska... Uh, it around like two weeks removed from that horrible week zero performance against Illinois, a team in Illinois that has now lost two straight since then, and we found out is not good. Nebraska has been blowing out bad teams like Buffalo, and uh, I mean, who was the other? I don't know. They played a really bad team week one, and all of a sudden people were forgetting. I think, and obviously Oklahoma plays a bad week one game. Last week they get it together against a really bad Western Carolina team. Whatever. Now you finally have a game for Oklahoma to get up. You know, it's being billed as like a, a rivalry renewed. I know it used to be, but this game is not going to be close. There's no rivalry in these two teams right now. I think Oklahoma could win this game by 40 points. I've got zero faith in Nebraska. This is this is my favorite bet of the whole week. Uh, Oklahoma minus 22. I don't care that the line is huge. Yeah, it's a big line, but I like OU as well. <laughs> um, I, I also would look for halftime yeah. and take in Oklahoma different ways. But yeah, I, I think the Nebraska, I mean... This is also, wasn't there something in the offseason we talked about when this game happened? Yes. It's going to be, what was that? It was that uh, there were rumors that that got leaked to the media that Scott Frost was trying to back out of this game and oh, he didn't want right. to play it. But then it turned out that Scott Frost didn't do that at all and this was the school trying to go behind his back and make him look like a fucking asshole. And so it was really the athletic director. The athletic <laughs> director had to come out and say, yeah, Scott Frost didn't do that. Right? They basically had to admit it. Right. And so... Look, the, I, that maybe gives motivation for Nebraska, for Scott Frost, say, look, we're not scared of anyone, even if we're struggling, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but I don't think he is scared of anyone, but that doesn't matter to me. Nebraska's bad. No, exactly. Motivation only goes so far. Exactly. And I Oklahoma's mean, really good, and we haven't even seen them be that good yet, and this right. is a perfect opportunity. This game will be, I think this is the uh, Fox Big Noon kickoff. You know, it's going to be nationally televised. It'll be one of the big games early in the day. I think Oklahoma could could cover this spread well before halftime. I think so too. Also, Oklahoma has incentive to do so because they didn't look good against uh, Tulane. Right. I mean, they they have some questions to answer, so I think they yep. want to make a statement here. Okay, fair enough. We're both on Oklahoma. Cincinnati at Indiana. The Bearcats right now three and a half point favorites on the road going into uh, go, going into Indiana. Look, this is a prove it game for Cincy. Uh, Indiana. You said it before, Tyler, and I actually agree. They're better, I think, than how they looked against Iowa. I think they looked really bad that that week, but I don't think Michael Penix looks fully healthy from his knee injury from last year. He doesn't seem like he's at at 100%. You know, look, to me, this is less about Indiana. It's more that Cincinnati's really good. I think they're a very good program right now. I think that if Cincinnati played Iowa right now, I think I'd give Cincinnati a chance in that game. I don't know that, uh, that they would look... Uh, you know, worse than Indiana did against Iowa, a comparative game there. I think 
Cincinnati just has two must-win games in their schedule to have a prayer of making the playoff, and this is one of them because it's a Power Five, uh, you know, it's a Power Five team, and they obviously want to prove, hey, we we're a good team, we belong in the Power Five, we're moving to the Big Twelve. I love Cincinnati here minus three and a half. I, I don't like that we're on the same side for a lot of these games, <laughs> you know. Um, and, and I just don't like that because I start to wonder. It's like, are we? What's going on? <laughs> are we on blind? Here? Yeah. I mean, but I think that Cincinnati has an edge. Again, a lot of what I'm what I'm basing some of these handicaps on is what we've seen work so far this year, and things I may have overlooked. And some of that is just matchups, offensive, defensive line, and in the trenches. I think Cincinnati has actually a pretty clear advantage this game. For me, the entire game comes down to can Cincinnati run the football? Uh, and, and Iowa did give us somewhat of a blueprint again for stopping what Indiana wants to do. And I think yep. if 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 there's a coach out there who can emulate what other teams have done and, and and get his teams to repeat that success, it is Luke Fickle. He's shown that in the past that they can do, go multiple on defense, show different looks, and have success doing it. For sure, and I think they can do that again this weekend. Cincinnati's a really good team. You look across the board, they've got a lot of good talent, and it's funny that it's sort of been happening behind the scenes, unless you're a big Cincinnati fan, because this year when those rankings came out, and I know we talked about them being silly, you know, Cincinnati is a top 10 team, and just on the surface, I'm going, hmm, mm-hmm. should they be there? But I think it's just, I'm not used to seeing them there. Right. They, they're a really good team, and when you look at how these two teams go about offense, moving the football, Indiana is rather... At least so far, they've been rather predictable. You know, they don't spread the ball out at all. 26 of 36 targets have been to Ty Freifogel or DJ Matthews. Cincinnati, on the other hand, seven players with at least three targets and nobody with more than six targets. So I love Cincinnati that. spreading the ball out, getting a lot of guys involved. They're doing so much on offense. So I think it's tougher just from a, a planning you know, standpoint getting ready for Cincinnati compared to Indiana. I like the coaching staff, even though I do like uh, Tommy Tom over there Allen, at Indiana. Yeah. But uh, this year also, what I thought was interesting is, you know, obviously I think Cincinnati running the football is a big deal in this handicap, but pressuring the quarterback, not letting either one get too comfortable this year so far, 14 pressures allowed by Indiana, three by Cincy. Take into account who they've played. I understand they played Iowa, but still, 14 pressures allowed by Indiana, three by Cincy. Put it all together. I do like Cincinnati. And uh, three and a half, you said, Will? Three and a half. All right, let's go Cincy. I'll take it. I love it. it. All right, uh, moving on. We'll take it. We're going to uh, a little Pac-12 Big Big Ten matchup. The Minnesota Golden Gophers going on the road to Boulder, Colorado (laughs) Buffs. Boys, Minnesota is a uh, two-point underdog. Buffs minus two at home. Is this a hangover spot for CU? It could absolutely be, and that's the one thing I'm afraid of. You know, you you host, essentially, the number five team in the nation. Yep. You do everything you can to put yourself in a spot to beat them. You, you know, have some plays that don't go your way. It's close. You wonder how a team without very high expectations reacts to that. It could obviously go on of two ways. They, re- they rebound. They show how motivated they are. Look, we just lost the number five team in the country. As long as we keep winning, things are going to be fine. That's one way things could go. The other is what we often see. Let down, hangover, should have won that game. We saw it last week with Florida State. We could see it again this week with Colorado. So I don't love this game at all. There's nothing that I want to bet on in this game. I love CU, but I don't love this spot. Interesting. Smitty, you have a, you have a feeling either way? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, they, they got out of that uh, A&M game uh, relatively unscathed. Um, some of their transfers did play, but yeah, with all the emotion, um, yeah, I'm, I'm scared of a hangover as well, just like Tyler. It's just too unpredictable. You know, right. Uh, like right. We've seen good things, but predicting will they show up or not, that's not something I like to bet on, and it's always more complicated. It's funny, you'll hear on some shows, they're going to be up this game, they're going right. to be down this game. It's like, well, what do you mean they? Like right. it's player by player. It's so individual. Right. Right. So well, awesome. And Colorado uh, starts Pac-12 play the very next week, so you don't know. And the way they lost that A&M game too was such you know just takes the wind out of their sails. I think the A&M scored a touchdown with um, minute with, left. Yeah, or something. just like a couple minutes left. And, yeah, and you know that 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 uh, kind of hurts your psyche. So yeah, I'd stay away from this one too. Yeah, and here's the other interesting thing is that now Minnesota can't be blindsided by the altitude or the difficulty of this game. P.J. Fleck can show that to his players, say, look, Texas A&M is a top, you know, six, seven ranked team, and look how much they struggled going to Denver. Boulder's even higher. This is going to be a tough game. You know, look, the Buffs' uh, defense looked really good against A&M, against the run, and that helps because I think Minnesota is a a run-heavy team. They don't have Muhammad Ibrahim anymore, who tore his Achilles or whatever in uh, the week one game against Ohio State. I like the under here. This total is at fifty points. I don't. I think that uh, CU's offense, frankly, is going to struggle. I don't. I just don't put a lot of faith in their ability to score points. And I think that CU defense, even though, yeah, maybe they didn't. They didn't lose the game for them. Giving up ten points to Texas A&M is a win for that defense. Those guys can hang their heads high and say we held Texas A&M to ten points. I like the fact that you know they know that they can focus in on the run game and make Tanner Morgan beat them. And frankly. You know, can he beat them? Yes. Can he score enough points for both these teams to to hit the the over? I don't think so. So I'm going under 50. Yeah, I mean that's not a bad play. It's came down a little bit, opened up 51. So okay, yeah, early line moves with you. But like I said, I had that too much volatility in that game for me. Fair enough. Uh, big game here in the SEC. Alabama, 16 and a half point favorites at Florida. We know about Alabama. Bryce Young looks amazing. The <laughs> offense looks amazing. The defense is incredible. Florida, on the other hand, look, they're two and zero. And they've scored some points, but Emory Jones hasn't looked great. They've talked about Dan Mullen is already answering questions about, are we going to bench this guy? Are we going with a backup who looked better last week? That's not good. That's not good for Florida. It's it's hard to to say this, but Alabama, I think, is still playing with a chip on their shoulder. I know they won the national championship last year, but they have something to prove on that with that offense, especially new coordinators. The defense hasn't been as good as it has been in years past. And it's a big number, especially for an SEC matchup against Dan Mullen in Florida, who, you know, I actually, it's typically a team I actually think does really well, and I think Dan Mullen's a great coach, but I truly think that Florida could get into deep trouble early in this one, and the only thing that scares me is the back door. I think I'm going to lay the points here. I'm going to take Alabama minus 16 and a half, though. Well, you know my rule. I don't bet against little Nicky. I'm not <laughs> about to here. Um, same thing happened the first week where I really wanted to take the points with Miami. It's like, right. nope, I followed my rule. Alabama covered. Obviously, there's going to be some some games coming up where they don't. But look, this is not too tough for me. I think Alabama here, uh, what'd you say, 16? 16 and a half. 16 and a half? Yeah, no, I'll take it. 17 is probably a more key number than any other team for Alabama who gets margin. For sure. Like you said, you know, fourth quarter, weird things can happen. But I'm with you. I'll lay it. Take uh, 16, with, uh, 16 and a half with Alabama. Okay. Uh, Auburn at Penn State. Penn State is six-point home favorite. The, who is Auburn right now? They've uh, they're two and zero, and they've won their games by a combined one hundred and twenty two to ten. But <laughs> Akron and Alabama State, Akron and Alabama State, we don't know what or who Auburn is right now. And Penn State 
give them credit. They looked sloppy when going week one at Madison, but they got the job done. They won there. I don't know that Sean Clifford is all that good. He's got moments where he looks great, but he does freak me out a little bit. But the rest of that offense is super talented. Noah Kane, uh, Jahan Dotson. I think that you could maybe even see the backup for Penn State come in, who's being, you know, he's gotten raved by these Penn State coaches. Um, I think there's a chance that maybe he unseats Sean Clifford for the starting job at some point this year. That's kind of beside the point. But to me, you know, I think that people will look at this and say Penn State sucked against, you know, Wisconsin. They can't score a lot of points, and Auburn's scoring all these points. I've never had a lot of faith in Bo Nix, besides the fact that Tyler got me to pick him in a blind, <laughs> a, bl- a blind uh, uh, resume. Yeah. But I, I've never liked Bo Nix in big games. To me, he's volatile. He's not accurate. He, th- he turns the ball over. I think Penn State could win this game by a lot. I, I think Auburn was a bad team last year, and I don't, and I don't know. We don't know if they've gotten better yet. I don't know what Brian Harson is. This is going to be his the biggest game that he's probably ever coached in as a head coach going at Penn State. It's going to be a whiteout game. That's a really tough environment, a night game. I, I like Penn State here minus six. I mean, everything you said about about uh, Auburn is, is right. We don't know a whole lot about them. Their schedule doesn't give us anything. Right. And I have too many question marks to feel great about this pick. I mean, Bo Nix, I think he looks pretty good this year, but who's he going against? Right. So that I just keep going back to that because they look good. Their stats look good. They're graded out very well this season, but anyone would grade out against those kind of teams. Yep. Uh, Bo Nix is throwing the ball for almost nine yards an attempt, which is good for seventh in the NCAA. Wow. So he's throwing the football downfield, which I love. Top 10 in big time throw percentage as well as adjusted completion percentage. But again, I keep coming back to it. They haven't played anyone. So... There's probably not enough to love fading Penn State here, but Auburn does have, I think, the better linemen. They appear to be talented on the outside. They're gonna, they're, they're going through a rebuilding year. You, you look last year, guys who contributed for the Tigers. This year, guys who are coming back. They don't have that much production. You know, some of these teams, it's like 18, 19, 20 starters. It's not the case with Auburn, but I think we all forget how talented they are, and and. I understand they haven't had great success last couple of years, but they were, those recruiting classes have been top 10. I mean, top 15. So I don't get all this love for Jimbo Fisher, and it's like everyone just wants to praise him for the recruiting class, recruiting classes, and that's why they're top five. Yet Auburn gets pretty much the same recruiting classes, maybe a step, half step below, right, right. and no one gives them any credit at all for doing this. And so I think Auburn, the guys they have, they're so much more talented than we all remember we want to give them credit for right i also think bo nix is a little bit better than people think i know you don't like him brian harson i'm a fan of him so we differ there will that that's something that we're on different sides of the fence on and again they are going through a rebuilding year these data points confuse me everything looks great on paper for auburn but i love penn state as well so we'll circle back around to this at the end if we don't have a bet board game Maybe we can make this our bet board game. Okay. Because um, I do lean Auburn. So if we have to make that the game, we'll, we'll do that. Yeah, I think the biggest question is going to be Auburn's offensive line being able to hold up against Penn State's defense. Penn State's defensive front seven looked amazing against Wisconsin. And coming into the year, a lot of people, including me, thought that might be a weak point. They might be thin there. But no, they looked incredible against the run. They had a really good pass rush. They were getting after Graham Mertz. And so, to me, it, I don't know how. Wh- where do you rate Auburn's offensive line, Tyler? Uh, Auburn does have the better linemen. So, so when you look at the actual the match the matchup in the trenches, yeah, Auburn appears to actually be able to. And I'm not going to say 
they're going to dominate Penn State because Penn State looked really good against a good Wisconsin team. But it looks like Auburn has everything they need to neutralize yeah. what Penn State does well. So the, in, in terms of the grades, Auburn does have the better linemen. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, well, I'm on Penn State there, so we'll see if we can get a bad board yeah, game. Yeah. We got one more here, though, and I'm interested to see where Tyler goes. So Oklahoma State going at the road at Boise State. Boise State a four-point home favorite. These are two teams that Tyler loves. I know it. I know he's a big Oklahoma State fan, uh, and you love to bet on Boise State. But, Will, we bet numbers, not teams. The reason, teams. The reason why I bet <laughs> Boise State often isn't because I love them. I just look at the market and I think they there's often, value. yeah, they get disrespected. So sure. that's that's the whole reason why is there's it's like in in, in Premier League, I, I bet Burnley yeah. a lot in different ways. Burnley's like one of the worst teams, and everyone, but it's you know that that's factored into this stuff for sure. So yeah, well, but I feel um, like Oklahoma State kind of fits that category within the Big Twelve, where they're a team no, that certainly doesn't get respected, 100%. and that's why these are two teams that Tower, yeah. you know, you like and you like to bet on. And so I'm very interested to see where you go, Boise State's tough i know they're they're a really tough team they're well coached and especially at home this is a game where boise state is licking their chops they don't usually when they play these big programs they almost always have to go on the road they almost never get them to come to the smurf turf right it's almost like they'll boise state's not afraid to play anyone they'll go anywhere but teams are afraid to go to boise for this game this is tough there's altitude there the blue turf you know, like it or not, that's going to throw people off. That shit looks weird for a football player that's been playing on green turf his whole life to now be on bright blue Smurf turf. Um, <laughs> look, I don't know what Oklahoma State's identity is anymore. They've been really good defensively the last couple of years, but I, I'm so used to Oklahoma State just having a great offense and then a couple, you know, yeah. a good defense here and there. I don't know what they are or who they they want to be. Their offense is just doesn't really do a lot for me. They, you know, they struggled against uh, Tulsa last week a little. Tulsa's not a bad team though. Also, you know, this is tough for to me. Uh, this is going to sound crazy. No mullet, no money. I can't bet on Oklahoma State <laughs> until they prove something to me. If Mike Gunny doesn't have the mullet anymore, he I, lost I, the mullet, he, sent the whole program exactly. into a tailspin. It, it, it freaks me out that he's changing things up. It's telling me that he wants to change <laughs> things up. It's time for a change. I don't like that. I'm going to take Boise State minus four here. God, I really don't. I think that the previous game we did is going to be our bad board game, okay. the Auburn one. You're not willing to go against my mullet uh, stats, are you? <laughs> I mean, look, both these teams, I, I'm not rushing to back right now. And it's funny you say that, but I think things are swinging to the other side here. Right. Because if you look at Boise, their season so far, they surprised UCF in the first game early with those medium to short passes. And then you add that 100-yard pick six. Yep. Remember that he, he he picked it off in the end zone, takes it back. All of a sudden, Boise's up twenty one early in the twenty one nothing. Right early in the second. After that, UCF went on a thirty six ten run the rest of the game, and it seemed like Boise was doing one thing well. They were hitting these medium again short passes, surprising UCF, and that was a schematic advantage they have. UCF fixed that, and Boise didn't have anything else to go to. Yeah, they they, they completely got routed after that. So the question to me is and and. By the way, Boise rushed for 20 yards total that game. Yeah, it's not 0.8 yards per rush. So the question is, does Boise have another gear or another scheme? Because they're going to have to do something different when that gets shut down. If so, and when I start asking this question, trying to answer it, it's like, okay, if they did have another gear they could go to, why didn't we see it against UCF? Right. And then last week... That could have actually been a great opportunity because UTEP came to town to, to Boise and that win was huge. So they may have worked on some of that stuff that didn't 
kind of come through against UCF. And that's not just the players. That's that's the coaching staff, too. Yep. So that big win last week against UTEP, I think, was huge for Boise. Not just their their feeling in the locker room and momentum and, and, and emotional side, but actually, you know, X's and O's moving forward. So I think that was big for them. Oklahoma State, on the other hand, just two and a half weeks ago, okay, three starters were injured. Two starters were in COVID protocol, including Spencer Sanders, and four backups were out. So I know they're getting healthier. Spencer Sanders is back, but they're missing some old linemen, linebackers. And as a result, I think this is why they haven't played very well so far. I think this is why their running backs have really struggled. And I know Chuba Hubbard left this year. I think he'd have, even have trouble running behind this offensive line and what's going on so far. So yep. Oklahoma State's struggling to run. Maybe things open back up when these teams don't load up on the run because Spencer Sanders, again, wouldn't play in the first week. Yep. And I think it was easy to scheme against them. So uh, Oklahoma State, last week, they were down 17-14 uh, in the fourth quarter to a Tulsa team that kind of reminds me of Boise State. Boise State's at home. Uh, I'm not so sure I can back Oklahoma State and feel good about it yet. So okay. I'm leaning Boise minus the points. And I love it's funny when I first opened this game up, I was like, oh, this is easy. I'm right. going to pick the Cowboys here. The more I look, the more I dug, the more I like the Broncos. Cowboys and Broncos. Hey, Cowboys and Broncos. Yeah. <laughs> Smitty, your best, your, your, your bet of the week. All right. The my, Smitty pick. My, my, my pick of the week. Um, so I'm gonna go uh, to uh, Toledo, Ohio, Ooh. where uh, the Rockets are taking on uh, Colorado State Rams, and this, <laughs> this is more this is more about how bad CSU is more For than sure. more than how good Toledo is. Toledo's a 14 point favorite. Um, but CSU, I mean, Steve Adazio has got his work cut out for him in Fort Collins. Um, week one, they lose to an FCS program in San, uh, South Dakota State. And then uh, last week, lose to a bad Vanderbilt team. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to take uh, the Rockets at home. There we I go. love that pick. Dude, yeah. uh, Vandy was an underdog, and they yeah, came they were, and won yeah. in yeah. Fort Collins. Yeah. You're right. CSU is bad, and that's not just because you guys are Colorado fans. Yeah, not at all. It has nothing to do with my allegiance to the University pick. of Colorado. But. Okay. That's a good one. All right, Tyler, are we going to make Penn State Auburn a bet board? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, that's the only one we really have for this week. So, okay. um, so you're going to ride with Auburn. Let's ride with the Tigers. Okay. That will take them plus, uh, what's the spread? It's uh, Penn State <laughs> minus six. Uh, six or, well, I was ho- well, because I knew, all right, so Ryan, a little, little tip here. I knew it was six, but it's moved from seven. So I said that knowing it's not going to be five and a half, but if he happens to pick a six or seven, or six and a half or seven, I'm not going to say anything. So you just got to <laughs> say, wait, you. Will, what was that you again? To, you try to roll on over and, on and me. hope that he says, oh, it was six and a half. So I go, okay. He's a shyster. All right, what about man? our we'll take it? We'll take him six. <laughs> what about our best bet? Should we go with OU? We were on the same side for a lot of these. Should we go with Michigan State, Oklahoma, mm-hmm. Central Florida? What are you thinking? Let's see. I mean, ooh, Central Florida with the six and a half. Okay, you like that? I think, yeah, I like the matchup advantage. The other one that I would, uh, the matchup advantage on the line, I should say. The other one that I would go to is Virginia Tech, but on yeah. the road, that was an I'm interesting a little, line. I'm a little sketchy about that one. Yeah, let's go UCF. We we okay. had a lot of luck with a six and a half point favorite last week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll do that. And then my parlay pick of the week. Okay. So it didn't hit last week, but that's parlay okay. Pick. It doesn't have to hit every week. We're going. Here's another one. UCF minus six and a half. Oklahoma minus twenty two. CU Minnesota under fifty. Bama minus sixteen and a half. Let's go. There That's go. the parlay. It's gonna hit one of these weeks, and you're all gonna be rich, and you're gonna love me for it. Okay. And then uh, show mascot Layla Ryan. What are her picks this week? She's going five picks this week. 
Yeah, what do we I got? I know there's a lot of people out there who are tailing our mascot, Layla's picks. All right, so uh, she's got uh, uh, UCF. Okay. You don't yep. have to say the spreads. It's okay. Okay. Uh, UCF, Virginia Tech, Michigan State, Auburn, and Boise State. There you go. You heard it here. So no matter what the lines are, Layla is not price sensitive. Yeah, look. <laughs> she's digging in the in the stats. Yeah, she's doing it. Exactly. So that's good. That's yeah. good. All right. Well, that's it for the show, guys. Good stuff, Thanks, everyone. as always, for listening. Once again, follow us on Twitter at CFB underscore pod. Uh, make sure you're subscribed. Spotify, iTunes, wherever you listen, subscribe, follow. Tell a friend. Help us grow the show. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>